Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. In today's show, we cover the five biggest news stories from the world of Formula One, which this week are Silverstone under fire again. What's more important, substance with a show is less more when it comes to the calendar. F1 Academy hits the track and Ricardo opens up. Hello, my name is Brian Mylander, and you're listening to the Formula Birds podcast. Hi, I'm Rosanna Tennant, and you are listening to the incredible Cut to the Race podcast. Hi, I'm Jordan King, and you're listening to the Formula Nerds podcast. Hi, I'm Crofty. You're listening to the Cut to the Race podcast. It's lights out, and away we go! Welcome to News from the Nerds, the midweek news show brought to you by the Formula Nerds. Once a week, we update you on everything you need to know from the world of F1. We are the Formula Nerds news team. Make sure you keep up to date with all the latest news by visiting our website at formulanerds.com. I'm your host, James McKenzie, and I'm glad to say I have Sam and Abby back. Abby first, how are you? I'm very well, thank you. How are you, James? I'm all good, thanks. And Sam, how are things? Bonsoir. I'm good, thank you. How are you? Well, oh, you've already said that. Sorry. I was so distracted by saying bonsoir. I was so excited about it. It's my favourite phrase in French. Uh, it's your favourite out of how many? Like three. <laughs> yeah, I thought so. <laughs> Which is why good evening is like as far as I've gotten with my, yeah. with my French. But I just, I love the way it just like, it's so cheerful. Bonsoir! Like, it just sounds great. It's all I was no, saying nice. when we went to Bordeaux last year. You know, it's they say bonsoir and then they say bonsoiré. So it's good evening and then have a good evening. But anyway, this isn't a French lesson. Uh, we're here to talk no. about F1, not French. Uh, so let's crack on and, well, start with Silverstone. Abby? 
Yes. So this year, Silverstone wants the Grand Prix weekend to be even bigger and bolder than ever before. And they have got a all-new launch party and complimentary F1 pit lane walk pass that you can get for the Thursday of the Grand Prix weekend. And there will be a ballot opened, which will allow 40,000 people access to this after party by the stage area. But you have to be an all-weekend or individual day ticket holder to enter. Or you can pay £129 for guaranteed entry to the after party, along with the pit walk pass and a museum ticket as well. But this has caused a bit of a negative reaction on social media because the pit walk pass used to be free three years and more ago. In 2022, it was £29. And this year, it now has a 345% increase just for this year, which is amazing because I know prices are growing. F1's popularity is growing, especially since Drive to Survive, new generations, inflation is happening, things are getting more expensive. But to have this go from £29 and have a 345% increase in price is unbelievable. What do you guys think about this increase in price? Do you have the same reaction to a lot of people on social media? Yes, unsurprisingly, I think we're all going to be singing from the same hymn sheet on this one. That is, I mean, 11% inflation that we're all experiencing in the UK. I imagine it's somewhere similar in France as well for you, James, um, is is ridiculous and very difficult to live with. But for a nice to have, like going to the Grand Prix, it's something that is increasingly becoming an unattainable thing for most people. And this is just layering on that problem. It's a poor business decision from that sense that yes they might make more money because there will be enough people that will pay that price um but it just leaves a sour taste in the mouth yes drive to survive has uh, seen a boom in popularity for the sport and yes it's only natural that a sport will seek to commercialize that but i do feel like this is starting to get a little bit out of hand yeah i mean it's been commercialized enough hasn't it like <laughs> They're, they're making enough money. The The ticket prices for Silverstone this year have been insane. Uh, they've already been like torn apart on social media and the whole, the, all the issues they had with the ticketing system and the fact that people, like the prices were rocketing and then like people were paying dramatically different prices 10 minutes apart. The whole thing was such a shambles that you think probably just leave it for this year. You know, you've, you've kind of, alienated some of the fan base enough like yes they they will come because it's the british grand prix but i don't know if they will commit to this it's it's got to be a big party when you know it's basically being described as that i don't know if it's going to be like full-on musical event like concerts and stuff i don't know if you guys know that I think there will be some music artists across the weekend. Calvin Harris, I think a big name in the music industry, will be hosting all weekend. And then you have Jack Jones, the Black Eyed Peas and Tom Grennan and Jessica Lynn. But like you guys said, it is alienating such a big group of F1 fans because they simply can't afford it. And let, let alone this, but tickets as well. And yes, you have to increase them. But at the end of the day, not everyone has that much money to spend on a Thursday package, not even the whole weekend. So it does leave us out taste in the mouth, like Sam said. Yeah, well, exactly. That's the thing. Thursday is usually for, for media types. And that's when you get all the all the press coverage from mm. heading into the weekend. 
if I was a fan, I'd be like, I'm not going, I'm not going, I'm not paying to go to that. I'll just read it online or, you know, watch it online. Uh, so yeah, I mean, I heard that Fire Festival was making a return. I just didn't think it would be at Silverstone. Um, <laughs> it just, I think the issue for me is that Miami has gone down a certain approach with the kind of Super Bowl of F1. That is absolutely fine. That is a very American thing. It fits the demographic. It fits the audience. And it's nice on a one-off, as a one-off. It doesn't have to be every race. We don't want to converge and copycat. Let each distinct area of the world, which represents Formula One, have its own take. And this feels just a little bit copycat to me. Yeah. Yeah, I'd, I'd agree with that. It's... I mean, I went for the full weekend in 2014 and I, yeah, we showed up on the Thursday and it was mostly, you were just like chilling out. There was, it was pretty basic. There was like a little kind of carnival type thing I seem to remember. And obviously like a fair amount of food stalls and stuff. And you just sat there and hung out with other you know, similar minded people and chatted about F1. And that was great. It doesn't, yeah, like you say, it doesn't need to be a Super Bowl. Like, leave that to Miami, leave, you know, Monaco's always had its gala. You don't start doing a gala. There's no Northamptonshire gala. No offence to anyone listening in Northamptonshire. I'm sure there's a gala somewhere, but in the middle of a field by a racetrack, nah. And no, no offence to galas as well. <laughs> yeah, and that. <laughs> I'm job joking. But yes, uh, well, whatever we think about the integrity of the Silverstone organisers, Gunter Steiner has said it, he would rather Red Bull dominate than for F1 to compromise its integrity. He said, the show is secondary, but I think it will sort itself out. And then still, we've got a good race going on in the front with Checo and Max. That doesn't seem to be without sparks, without show. Uh, so, yeah, I'm really not sure about that. Uh, I'll let you guys go first before I, I get into a rant. Uh, what do you think? It's great seeing teammates battle. However, I don't like seeing one team dominate at the front of the grid all the time, especially when at the moment one teammate is performing at a higher level than another because it just gets predictable. If Max is on pole, you know he's probably going to win the race because that car is so much faster. It It's almost unfair to the rest of the field how fast that Red Bull is because they can't catch up. And yes, Red Bull have done an amazing job over the years but I don't know I disagree with Steiner there because I don't want F1 to like compromise the rules and tweak them for the sake of having a show that's not right but I don't just want one team even if it was like Mercedes at the front all the time I'm I'm a Mercedes fan so I'm not like disliking Red Bull at this point but even if Mercedes were dominating all the way at the front and it was just them I still wouldn't like it I want more excitement at the front of the field and I was hoping the new regulations would do that but yeah they haven't that much because Red Bull is just in another league this is a difficult one for me because I've I agree with you Abby you want a good product you want an entertaining product that keeps you engaged for the whole race you want surprise winners you want a intense title fight but we've seen the sport do what lots of sports have done in the past they change their rules to um hamstring or limit a player or a team um or you see teams take it upon themselves like you know, for example the jordan rules in the nba when the pistons would basically beat up the balls um when they met in the playoffs and 
I think that, and I'm not suggesting that teams need to race Red Bull harder and unfairly, but when the sport intervenes, I think you do lose something. And you lose that element of competitiveness, of innovation. And this isn't a new thing for Red Bull. We've seen this in the past. We've seen the sport do it with Mercedes or Ferrari before um, with regulation changes. I think that you need to have a take a look when a team has a far superior advantage. But I don't, I would be hesitant to change too much because, yeah, I think it's a natural byproduct is that you often get a very, very dominant team. As for Perez versus Verstappen, Perez just needs to up his game as futile as that may be because Max Verstappen is already and will be an all-time great. He's a machine. It's it's insane. So I think we kind of need to enjoy it for what it is. Firstly, yeah, I'm not sure we're going to see too many sparks between Max and Checo. Certainly nothing like Lewis and Nico. I mean, it's it's closer to the the kind of yeah Lewis and Valtteri dynamic we had in 2019-2020 when the Merck was the class of the field. And I would say Bottas is closer to was closer to Lewis than Checo is to Max on average. Um, certainly in qualifying, he could give him a run for his money. Uh, but yeah, I think it's a weird take personally from from Gunter. I mean, like you said, uh, you yeah made the point I was going to make. It it's been going on for years in in F one. It's always been the way. It, they tried a couple of times with Merck before they succeeded last year, um, like in nerfing the dominant teams. Before that, it was Red Bull, Ferrari, McLaren, Williams. It's been going on for decades. <laughs> Why of all times would they stop that now when there's a budget cap? which means there's less chance of the other big teams throwing money at the problem to try and catch up. Uh, I mean, and F1 has made perfectly clear over the last couple of years that it takes, well, that it values the show above all else. So this is the show. And if you're going to try and spice up things with formats and your approach to red flag and safety cars, it, it's all for nothing if you turn up every week knowing that Max is going to win. But that's that's part of it as well. That's a a kind of a, a, an interesting side plot to Steiner's comments. There is the referencing that the show comes second, right? Or that or there's kind of the show is secondary to the sporting element, the actual natural racing, right? That feels somewhat disingenuous because that is the line that we get time and time again in the sport. But the actions of the sport cut against that. So something doesn't kind of quite marry up. I'm not sure like what his point is. Do you think he's trying to protect Hass's new midfield status? Do you think he's wary of there being too many changes that could see them fall back towards the, you know, wooden spoon territory again? I don't know. It's kind of odd. Like, is it maybe a kind of uh, American dream, like kind of everyone will be rich one day, so I don't want politics that adversely affect the rich? because that might be me one day kind of thing. I don't know. Like, it's difficult, isn't it? It is. And I think he did say that event, well, he hopes that all the teams will catch up and find out how Red Bull have got that advantage and hopefully be able to replicate it themselves. But I do agree that the show should come second because Formula One should be all about the racing and the motorsport. And it is. And they shouldn't try and change it just to get more people interested and commercialise it and make it this lavish show for fans. 
but at the same time like we've said it i feel like it is better when there are more people fighting at the front of the field no i mean i do agree that it should of course it shouldn't be a case of you know you're being punished for doing a good job like i said it's always been somewhat the case but it's just it's resetting the playing field a little bit where you can not a full regulation reset but just you know tweaking things we saw everyone expected mercedes to dominate 2021 like they did 2020 all they changed was you know a bit at the back of the car uh okay it was quite a fundamental change but people thought it was i mean it was called the rb16b it was the same car effectively and yet still it changed it totally and red bull was suddenly on a par with mercedes so these little changes can refresh things at least uh because it can get stale quickly at least 2014 to 16 there was lewis and nico drama to to keep us entertained but speaking of the show baku looks set for a new sprint race setup as we mentioned last week and opinions in the paddock appear mixed christian horner thinks it's ludicrous to be doing any kind of sprint in baku toto wolf remains cautious saying there needs to be many more adjustments before the event can be held he's especially concerned about tires and engines but within the merc garage uh, lewis hamilton is apparently excited for a standalone sprint race he said i think the changes with the sprint races have been positive in some places i'm open to changes to continue to make it more inclusive and more engaging for the fans i quite like the friday of a sprint weekend so far and i'd love to have more qualifying because that's always super fun um i want to know what it's going to do to the qualifying head-to-heads are they going to count them both if there are two qualifying sessions uh it's a bit like do you count a sprint race as a, a race win i would say probably not i think it's going to be its own little category um I th- this is again where I think they should play with the qualifying format when it comes to the sprint qualifying because you might have someone one driver who is dominating on the conventional front but isn't necessarily able to hook it up when it is all on the line one chance in the same way their teammate can I think I, it's difficult I, I get what Christian Horner is saying I don't think Baku is necessarily the best place for a sprint race I think it's a great place for a sprint race from a from an entertainment and fan perspective. But I understand from his perspective, he's thinking, oh, there are a lot of walls very close and, you know, it's probably quite hard on the engines and, you know, you're looking from a budget cap perspective and I'm sure they're going to be very, very careful with the budget cap this year uh, at Red Bull. So, yeah, I think there's, I I understand his thinking uh, there. But yeah, for me, the biggest thing is you have to have the same format at all the sprint races across the season, which I'm hoping is the case. I think the team principals have a right to be more conservative with it. Baku is a very unique circuit, so it is understandable that Horner has that view. However, I'm quite excited about the new format for the sprints. I think with the sprint quality, it will have the Q1, Q2, Q3, but I believe they're going to be shortened sessions of it so that in Q3 particularly, you'll only be able to get one flying lap in, which... I think will cause a lot of drama because we've seen Hulk get into Q3 and put in some fast laps throughout qualifying this season. So I think it will definitely mix up the grid. It will be interesting to see how it does play out, but I think it will be exciting. So uh, another Hass poll, yeah? Abby's hot take for the week. (laughs) You heard it here first. Who knows? We might do. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. Yes, so there has been news about the F1 calendar this week, and it is that F1 is planning a revisal of the calendar from the 2024 season to reduce its environmental impact, meaning that it will be a regionally based calendar, because at the moment we have the likes of Canada and Miami in the middle of all the European races. And what the new proposed calendar will include is a triple header of Australia, China and Japan near the beginning of the season with the season opener in Saudi Arabia. And there are also reports that next season's calendar will include 25 races. Now, we have seen Stefano Domenicali say that they have the potential to include a 30 race season, which is a hell of a lot of races. I mean, 24 at this at this point is still a lot. And he did say that was the maximum. But it's looking to be 25 with potentially Vietnam and South Africa potentially being strong candidates for the 2024 season as well. And also the Chinese Grand Prix is set to return. So a lot of news. What do you guys think? Do you think having a regionally based calendar is a lot better? And what about the new edition of Vietnam, which was supposed to happen in 2020, but it was cancelled due to COVID? And I see Sam counting on his fingers, working out the number of races. Oh, we're not giving me the chance to actually count then. Okay, I was halfway through my counting. Uh, I'll go, I'll go. Um, No, I'm a joke. Uh, I was just trying to, yeah, add up how you fit Vietnam, South Africa and China into an already 23 race calendar, but you lose Spa from next season, don't you? It's a bit much, isn't it? It's, I, 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 I'm not sure I agree with having written in regulations that, yeah, we can have 24 races and then be like, well, we'll just squeeze one there in there anyway, even though we said we wouldn't. When, in fairness to him, when Domenicali talks about 30 races, there is often talks about six of those being sprints or a few of them being sprints and also that coming in the next Concord agreement which I think is due to expire at the end of 2025 at the end of 2026 which obviously they're not going to kind of ram that through before that I'm not sure if the teams will even let them at the point of signing the new Concord agreement what I want to talk about though and what I'm fascinated by in this conversation is the grouping of the calendar to regions there's a lot you could do with that I don't know if you want to add more points in or other little kind of competitions, but you could be like, well done, Rebel, you basically won North America. Well done, Mercedes, you won the Middle East. Like, there's there's stuff you could do with that, right? With the format, and you can make it kind of feel like a few kind of Olympics all chained together to make it this 
there's 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 a lot of options and possibilities there, which I think if F1 wants to be commercial, you could really commercialize. Uh yeah. Yeah, I think you're onto something with the uh the Continental Championship. I've it's actually something living up to our name here as Formula Nerds. I have worked out in the past. I did it. I don't know if any uh either of you or any of the listeners are familiar with Sporkle as a website, quiz website. Uh, I made a quiz on there that was the Continental, the drivers' champions. Uh, for each continent each year. And I quite enjoyed it, killing about two hours at my old job. Anyway, back to the calendar. Uh, I think Saudi Arabia is the opener. They, I think they've been pushing them for that for a bit. I mean, personally, I quite, I still quite like Australia as the opener. It just feels right to me. It, it was, I mean, basically my entire life up until COVID. It, it's just such a party atmosphere in Melbourne. Like, it, it's a really great, opener and similarly I, I i always feel like brazil should be the the season finale but i th- don't think that's going to be happening anytime soon well with saudi arabia being before ramadan and the proposed dates for the triple header it would the season would begin from the beginning of march because australia which i'm g- guessing would be the second race would be on the 17th of march china on the 24th of march and japan on the 31st of march so if Saudi Arabia is before that, it will be a very long season indeed and a very busy first month. From new ideas to new series, F1 Academy has had its first shakedown closed tests over the last couple of days. So that's Tuesday and Wednesday at the Circuit de Catalunya in Barcelona. As I mentioned, it's a closed test. So the primary uh, reason behind this is to allow the drivers to get some serious mileage under their belt to familiarise themselves with the cars uh, and to basically get comfortable um, and ready for the first weekend, uh, first race weekend of the season, which is in Austria at the end of April. Really exciting, seeing lots on social media. We're not reporting anything to lap times and nor should anywhere else be because it's a closed test, but we will have a piece out um, with some thoughts and quotes from some of the drivers following that two-day test. Um, And following that as well will be the F3 mid-season, early-season test, which is also at uh, at Catalonia, and that is on Thursday and Friday this week. It's good to see all the girls getting out on track on social media, like you said, Sam. The the F1 Academy are putting some videos out, and it's just making it feel really real. And it's getting me excited for the start of the F1 Academy season because I think it will be a very competitive championship with all the girls that are partaking in it. I'm really looking forward to see how they all do. Oh, completely. Like There are absolutely some big names in, in, in that championship, like Abby Pulling, who, as an Alpine Academy member, is donning the, the pink livery this year. But there'll be some names that people aren't familiar with who will take a race to her. And it'll be, I'm sure, a really, really competitive season, a series. And as I've always said, if you want competitive, close racing... F1 isn't necessarily the place to go over a Grand Prix weekend. And as we know, from next year, F1 Academy will be a full, fully-fledged support bill item. It's only one race this year where they do coincide with the F1 calendar, and that is the season finale at Cota. Yeah, so it's all good news. And like you say, it's it's starting to feel real now. And I have high hopes for it. Um, I'd love to talk about it some more, but we are running out of time already. So let's move on to our final piece of news. And that is back with you, Sam. And it's about Daniel Ricciardo. 
Yes, it is. So Daniel Ricciardo has uh, followed in the footsteps of some of his uh, fellow F1 drivers over the last year, last few years, and has, has started to opening up and talking more about his mental health, which is a hugely positive step, uh, especially f- for athletes and sports people, because when you're in you know high competition, you don't really want to give an inch uh, to your competitors. So it's really nice for him to talk about, uh, in particular, his time at McLaren. And he's told Speed Cafe that on that time at McLaren, that he always takes some responsibility or accountability. For many years, I truly believed I was the best and I am the best in the world. So whatever the situation, I'll be able to overcome it. And obviously with McLaren, it was tough for me to do that. So yeah, I was aware that I'm not the perfect driver. I do have weaknesses. So I'll always hold something on to myself. He went on to say, having a bit of a chance to remove myself from it now and looking back on the last two years, I would have done things differently if I had had the time again, or maybe asked some questions or a little bit, or have been a little bit more demanding, but you have to live and learn. So I don't look back with regret. That was the situation that I got through it. And he goes on to talk about being back uh, with Red Bull now and kind of what his new role and new challenges will be for the season. Guys, what are your thoughts on Ricardo opening up like this in this way? Um, it, always felt very towards the end of last season particularly he put a smile on his face he got on with it but you obviously knew there was much more at play between him and McLaren yeah I mean uh, it's very rare you manage to take a smile off Dan Ricardo's face but yeah I mean that definitely did happen at times last year um it's yeah it's great that he's opening up um we've obviously seen his former teammate Lando speak a lot about mental health as well and I think it's always a good thing just to to be open and honest and remove the stigma around that. And and it, it, it looks like he's doing well as well at Red Bull. He said he's got back in his simulator and that he's getting his confidence back. And uh, I'm sure, of course, it's been difficult to to do so and to reset after a tough couple of years. But it's good to see that he's doing so. Definitely. I think going back to your point, James, with the Red Bull getting into the simulator, he said that he was probably a bit timid to try and get in it at first and downplaying how it was going to go. But now he feels like he's back home and in a car that he feels comfortable with, which is good to hear because you could tell that some of his smiles towards the end of last season were definitely forced and it was like putting on a front. So it is great to see him actually opening up and removing the stigma. And I feel like it's just good to see all these athletes opening up more about mental health because it is becoming such, it's becoming more common in the modern age to talk about it. And it is good because it helps people and seeing Ricardo do it is definitely amazing. And I think Christian Horner spoke to Zach Brown in a press conference about how Ricardo was when he first came to Red Bull this year. And he was completely different to how he was when he left Red Bull. And Horner said that he didn't seem like himself. So it is good to see him getting back to that Danny Rick that we all know and love. Yeah, absolutely. As long as you can you know, separate the two things, when you put your visor down, you are every bit the competitor that you've always been. I think it's something that should be really championed uh, that drivers are, are talking more and more about these things and athletes across the board, across sports as well. And yeah, very quickly, whilst we're, we're talking about opening up and mental health, we saw Charles Leclerc as well put out a statement on Instagram, uh, basically saying, you know, people have been camping out inside, outside of his apartment in Monaco and, you know, it's got too much for him and because yeah, it had somehow been leaked. So yeah, I, I think it's, it's very 
as much as people might love these drivers, you have to remember that they are human beings and they have to be able to switch off. Uh, you know, they go into their effective office and they sign all the shirts and all the hats and everything. Uh, but they deserve to go home and put their feet up and not have people ring on their doorbell all night. So don't do that. Uh, if anyone is listening from Monaco, <laughs> right outside, wherever it is that Charles Leclerc lives. But that's about it. I think that's uh, all the time we've got this week. Uh, so go on. I just want to cut in here um, because uh, I have I have prepared something. Um, oh. A few weeks ago, you'll remember that James rhymed my surname with poop, and I thought I couldn't let that slide. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> I want. So I can't wait to hear what you've rhymed with Mackenzie. Oh, that, I've played that one really safe, um, but and uh, this is as bad as this is awful. I'm not I'm not trying to claim this is good. Uh, so I'm sorry, listeners, um, for this. I'm actually really nervous. So if it doesn't kind of uh, go very well, please forgive me. Okay. Yo, 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 can I catch some flow? Ain't a worse way to end the show. <laughs> that was not what I was expecting. Okay, no. start again. Uh, right. And also I'd like to mention that James and Abby had no idea that this is coming. Um, okay. <laughs> yo, 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 can I catch some flow? Ain't the worst way to end the show. But when you drop hot bars the whole nine yards, you're going to catch some heat. Now, I don't want to repeat, but i got to let it down with a brand new beat. Wrote a nice poem, now it's time to spit some facts. You, you ain't feeling me? I'm serious as a heart attack. My man Mackenzie whipped it up to a frenzy, rubbing cube with poop, but that ain't no scoop. <laughs> so now I'm here to submit a reply to half the high mind, a real great guy. But like God, may our witness be Bathurst and let these creative verses end our thirst. I hope you agree, Abby, that these lines ain't too shabby. All that remains is to address the one they call James. For though he lives in Paris and takes language lessons, he ain't got the je ne sais quoi to end our sessions. He knows a few words, but that don't make him French because he's about as French as Dame Judy Dench. <laughs> <laughs> Now it's time to say au revoir. See you next week to talk F1 car. <laughs> oh, it was, it was all going so well. You but can't that, that was, drop Mike after saying F1 car. With au revoir. But that was what I thought was funny, is that it just ends on such a poor yeah. note. I mean, that I was good. It. Impressive. I wasn't expecting oh, I you, you to, like, uh, rap. I'm sweating. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm speechless. Uh... I expect a full freestyle. I'm going to give you topics. If you've watched Harry Mack, that's what's going to be happening next week. I'm going to be giving you three random words to, to rap about and we're going to see what happens. Because that was, you finally lived up to your, uh, you know, poshest boy from Croydon Roots. That could be your artist <laughs> name, maybe. This is why I thought it was really funny that me doing a rap was that I just, uh, it just sounds awful coming from me, right? Um, yo, yo, yo. Well, that, for comedic effect, come on. Uh, but yeah, in my, in my defence, I wrote that in about 10 or 15 minutes. I was quite pleased with myself. But yes, yeah, um, solid work. Um, <laughs> there's no way I'm going to follow that with anything. So yeah, do the usual stuff. Go to formulanez.com, get on the socials and look forward to hopefully this being made into a video. <laughs> That's it. Over now. Okay. Bye. <laughs> Bye. You're listening to the Cut to the Race podcast. It's lights out and away we go. Podcast Network.